0: hey guys and welcome back to the with a bang podcast where you guys can pop by every monday and spend a couple minutes with me your girl elsie bang happy happy holidays and merry belated christmas and happy new year in advance uh for all of you guys that do celebrate christmas but I hope you guys have had a great holiday season. I honestly did. It's been great, just relaxing, not having to worry about school. It's been my fourth year, which has been really tough, but at the same time, really rewarding to know that I'm this close to the end and that it's already been four years of university. Like, literally, if you're a first year out there, I just wanted to say that, guys, those years go by quickly, and you know, like one day you just wake up and you realize how much time has gone by and a little part of you sometimes even wishes that you had done a little bit more with that time. So don't take a si- single second for granted. I know it's COVID. I know it kind of sucks right now, but just, but just go for it and make the best of it in the best way that you can. That said, that said hope you guys are well-rested and enjoying yourselves. In today's episode, I just wanted to Share a book that I've been reading. I have always loved reading books ever since I was a kid. Like, although back then it was YA fantasy, I love books. Percy Jackson, The Mortal Instruments, The Alchemist, Artemis Fowl. I don't know, but if you guys have heard of any of these, any of these books before, and you resonate. Put it down in the comment section or pop me a DM. I am the YA fantasy babe, although I will say that I have kind of taken a step back away from that. And now, especially in the season that I'm in, trying to do better with, you know, developing myself and just trying to do better in life in general, I've kind of made a switch to self-help books and, um, and faith books especially. So one of the books that I've been reading that have been literally like just awesome, awesome 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 has been The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis and the funny thing about this book is that I haven't even really read a lot of it but it's a book that just talks about love in such a in such a beautiful way in my personal opinion and it takes a look at the four loves and those are affection, friendship, charity, and eros which is passionate love and I actually have it over here it is by C.S. Lewis funnily enough I actually have quite a few of his books a mentor of mine let me just pull them up a mentor of mine shared one of his books with me uh, I think about two years ago definitely pre-pandemic and I still have it with me it's a mind awake it's an anthology of all his works and I just remember reading this stuff and being like this is some profound stuff and recently a friend of mine Josiah he actually uh, got me Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis which is apparently a really great book on faith it's the book that I am mostly reading right now and so far are so good. So I'll definitely get back to you guys with an update on this. But today's focus is on The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis. And the particular section that I started with was friendship. I'm gonna do my best to keep this episode short, but I just don't know. There's, there's quite a bit to cover and I'm in love with this topic. I love talking about friendship. I love trying to learn how I can show up better for others. And I just feel like this book broke down friendship in a way that was so simple and yet so profound a lot of the times we know these things but we don't actually take the time to process it ourselves or we necessarily don't even have the words to communicate what we know and feel to be true so I just wanted to share some parts because there's this particular section that I'm about to read so I'll probably give you guys like a couple quotes and then talk about it and that's probably the format that we're gonna follow but there's this part of the book that talks about how friendship should be the least jealous of the loves. And I remember that that threw me for a loop because a lot of the time you know you guys remember back in middle school when it was like oh like this person's my best friend and you're not my best friend and da da and you know you know that slight pang of jealousy that you feel when you see your friend getting close to someone else and you begin to worry whether you know your place in the friendship is being compromised and that's something that I've struggled with and it's only recently that in some of my friendships I'm really starting to get secure and really starting to just do my best to live and let live and just to enjoy and even you know sometimes even get to know these other people because who knows what kind of friendships can be formed with them as well and I think that C.S. Lewis just talks about it in such a beautiful way so let's just take a look at the book I have a couple bookmarks in here to like hopefully keep me on course but yeah oh my gosh okay this is good this is good okay here we go so this is the four loves in some ways nothing is less like a friendship than a love affair Lovers are always talking to one another about their love. Friends hardly ever talk about their friendship. Lovers are normally face-to-face absorbed in one another. Friends, side-by-side absorbed in some common interest. Above all, eros, while it lasts, is necessarily between two only. But two, far from being the necessary number for friendship, is not even the best. And the reason for this is important. Okay, so this is where I was kind of like, hmm, okay, like where is he going with this? It goes on to say, Lamb says somewhere that if of three friends A, B, and C, A should die, then B loses not only A but A's part in C, while C loses not only A but A's part in B. In each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. By myself, I I am not large enough to call the whole man into activity. I want other lights than my own to show all of his facets. Now that Charles is dead, I shall never again see Ronald's reaction to a specifically Charles joke. Far from having more of Ronald having him to myself now that Charles is away, I have less of Ronald. Hence, true friendship is the least jealous of loves. Two friends delight to be joined by a third, and three by a fourth, if only the newcomer is qualified to become a real friend. They can then say, as the blessed soul say in Dante, here comes one that will augment our loves, for in this love to divide is not to take away. Isn't that so beautiful? For in this love, to divide is not to take away. I felt like that was so profound to me and it just completely switched my perspective because I realized just how true it is. In my friendships, I find that obviously, like you like different people just bring out a different side of you right like one person cannot be your everything which is why they always say in relationships like that one person while yes being your person cannot be your everything they cannot solve all your problems they cannot you know be everything to you and it's definitely the same thing in friendship i find that there's some friends that you can laugh and joke with and there's other friends that you know you have deep talks with and maybe you don't have as much humor some friends you can do both some friends are your going out friends some friends are you know the ones that um that are that are that are familiar with your family and understand your family dynamic there's so many different friends that connect with you on so many different levels and it's true that one man can't simply call the whole of the other person into activity i remember it put a lot of things in perspective for me because um in some of my friendships i had been feeling a little pang of jealousy um because i was like oh like you know um i wish that this person could be this way with me right but then you realize that, you know, there might be someone out there who's looking at your friendship with that particular person and thinking, oh, like, I wish that this person could be that way with me. It's this thing of always thinking that the grass is greener on the other side and always thinking that, you know, just just the hard, selfish desire of always wanting more. And I feel like just having this laid out, I just realized, like, you know, I can't imagine not being able to watch... like. The death example was just so deep because, you know, he was like, now that I have Ronald to myself, I'll never get to see Ronald, you know, laugh at a joke that Charles makes. And that's so real. That's so real. You know, I think about my girls, Rachel, Kelly, Eunice, and Ayinda, and it's like if Rhonda was gone a lot of the humor in our group would be gone too you know a lot of the a lot of the assertiveness that says no like we're going to you know handle this issue and everyone like let, let's discuss this or or like the little text that she sends like if she was gone then then we would lose that right and i think like a lot a lot of our group would become more serious if if we didn't have Rachel then a lot of the depth would be gone you know Rachel's the one that, that really makes us you know dig deep and really like talk and try to like unearth more and be more vulnerable right if chichi wasn't there then you know a lot of the trolling would be gone a lot of the kindness a lot of the a lot of that 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 shy compassionate leadership would be gone and and for me personally a lot of that family understanding would be gone because you know um she's actually one of the few friends of mine that was here or that I knew while my family was in the country and so there's that special bond that way and and with Eunice oh my gosh there's just like this steadiness to Eunice this um this unproblematic nature and yet all, at the same time there's this seriousness there's this There's this need for individuality. She's the one that really reminds us of boundaries. She's the one that really reminds us of what it is to to take yourself outside the situation and just be objective about giving advice and how to really support people individually for who they are without really trying to impose yourself on other people. All of these girls bring something so special to my friend group and... You know, you can't possibly hope to be all of that. I can't do what Oyunda does. I can't do what Eunice does. I can't do what Chi-Chi does. I can't do what Rachel does. And that's okay because that's not my purpose, right? My friend Josiah always says something so interesting. He says that, you know, if, if the microwave watched the fridge his whole life and said oh my gosh why is it that every time they put something inside me that i can't keep it cold like a fridge does then he would completely miss out on his purpose and his function because guess what like as a microwave you may not be able to keep things cold but if you like if you didn't exist then you wouldn't like people wouldn't be able to heat up their food and enjoy it when it's finally time to eat Right, and so it's like all of us self serve a different function, and it's okay to lean into that truth. And so that section of the book really gave me a lot of clarity and um, and a lot of peace about that. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I think you know it's something that I, I definitely don't want to forget because it's just such a profound principle. I loved it. I love, 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 loved it. Um, there is this other section on how does friendship arise. And you know he talks about how friendship is such a free love because it's something that we actually don't need for survival if you think about it. Without affection, you know, um, we wouldn't you know take care of the children or take care of the elderly or those in need if we didn't feel affection. If we didn't feel eros, you know, we wouldn't reproduce. We wouldn't have passion and sex, you know, to have children and stuff like that. These are all things that are so intrinsically um, linked to nature. Linked even even in animals we see it, right? And yes, sometimes you do see you know companionship in animals as well in friendship and we don't fully understand what animals you know do and think but like friendship in a in a a weird way doesn't seem like something that is so necessary to survival is what he discusses and i thought that that was really dope let me just find the section yeah so he says i have said that friendship is the least biological of our loves both the individual and the community can survive without it but there is something else, often confused with friendship, which the community does need. Something which, though not friendship, is the matrix of friendship. And he goes on to say. Hold on. Oh my gosh. I'm literally I literally put bookmarks in here and still I'm struggling to find to find what I'm looking for. Okay. Okay. You know what, let us just move on to the next point. I don't even know. Yeah, let's just move on to the next point. It's okay. it's okay Um, okay okay so there's this other section where in the beginning of the chapter he talks about how in this day and age and it's funny because he he wrote this i think like over 50 years ago maybe even 60 years ago because he died in the 60s so it's crazy that this stuff still resonates and it just shows you how history is so cyclical and there are universal principles but he talks about how friendship is something that is no longer celebrated as it was once in ancient times and how you know Eros has kind of taken the front seat in terms of the focus and so he says here Um, Very few modern people think friendship a love of comparable value or even a love at all. I cannot remember that any poem since In Memoriam or any novel has celebrated it. Tristan and Isolde, Antony and Cleopatra, Romeo and Juliet have innumerable counterparts in modern literature. Yet David and Jonathan, Pilates and Orestes, Roland and Oliver, Amos and Emile have not. To the ancients, friendship seemed the happiest and most full human, and most fully human of all the loves, the crown of life and the school of virtue. The modern world, in comparison, ignores it. And I was like, hmm, wow. And he goes on to say, we admit, of course, that besides a wife and a family, a man needs a few friends. But the very tone of the admission and the sort of acquaintanceships, which those who make it would describe as friendships, show clearly that they are not talking about the philia which aristotle classified among the virtues or the amicitia which cicero wrote in a book about it is something quite marginal not a main course in life's banquet a diversion something that fills up the chinks of one's time how has this come about and i was like you know what we really don't value friendship as much as we used to and something that i've realized is that i've always you know put so much weight on romantic love and the one and finding you know my person and obviously social media definitely makes this way more pressing than i guess it maybe should be but because, you know, there's all this stuff about couple goals and relationship and, oh my gosh, you're single and da 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 I find that, yeah, like I didn't place as much value on friendships. And funnily enough, I didn't even think that friendship love could be as deep as what I've been fortunate enough to experience. I didn't know that friendship could go that deeply. I didn't know that I could love friends so much to be almost willing to give my life Basically, for these people, like I didn't know just how much friends could become family to me, and that's something that I've learned in the past two years, and it's something that I'm continuing to learn about just how deep you know friendship can go. And and it puts you know, for me, it's funny, even in the examples that he gave, I was like, I don't know who these Pilates and Orestes or you know, Emil and and Amos are, but I did know about David and Jonathan, and I remember reading the Bible um, sometime last year, and finding out about David and Jonathan, and thinking it was just the most beautiful thing ever, and and wishing for the same, and I think every day I get closer to to, to, to something like that, I think the love in my friendship grows, and I'm very grateful for that, and It's just true. It's just true. I find that the times when I feel the least lonely, the times when I feel the least like, oh my gosh, like when is my husband coming, are the times when I'm focusing on just enjoying my friendships. I think that friendship can be a comparable love. And funnily enough, like it's this thing of, you know, relationships actually aren't for everyone. Like, not everyone's going to have a husband, not everyone's going to have a wife. Many people die without ever getting married. I mean, Paul did, right? And I'm trying to come to a place in my faith as well where I'm okay with potentially not being with somebody. You know, God says all the time that he is enough and that he always gives us everything that we need. And so even if I have the desire in my heart for a boyfriend and a husband or whatever, it's this thing of if I really have everything that I need, then my friendships and my relationship with God are enough. Like I don't actually need anything at this time. And it just means that I'm focusing on what I don't have instead of truly appreciating and investing in what I do. So for me, reading that was kind of a call to focus on what is really important and focus on what is here in the now and not worry so much about the future because even the bible says that tomorrow will worry about itself there's enough things to worry about today so that was interesting that was interesting you see how like just a couple lines will just take you down this entire journey and you know there's a section where he talks about um there's a section where he talks about in our own time friendship arises in the same way for us of course the shared activity and therefore the companionship on which friendship supervenes will not often be a bodily one like hunting or fighting it may be a common religion common studies or a common profession even a common recreation all who share it will be our companions but one or two or three who share something more will be our friends in this kind of love as emerson said do you love me means do you see the same truth Or at least do you care about the same truth? The man who agrees with us that some question, little regarded by others, is of great importance, can be our friend. He need not agree with us about the answer. Right? And I was like, wow. He was like, this is why, um, you know, in companionship, The companionship was between people who were just doing something together. Hunting, studying, painting, or what you will. The friends will still be doing things together, but something more inward, less vividly shared and less easily defined. Still hunters, but of some immaterial quarry. Still collaborating, but in some work that the world does not, or not yet, take account of. Still traveling companions, but on a different kind of journey. Hence we picture lovers face to face, but friends side by side their eyes looking ahead this is why forgive my language he wrote this this is why those pathetic people who simply want friends can never make any the very condition of having a friend is that we should want something else besides friends when the truthful answer to do you see the same truth would be i see nothing and i don't care about the truth i only want a friend no friendship can arise though affection of course may There would be nothing for the friendship to be about, and friendships must be about something, even if it were only an enthusiasm for dominoes or white mice. Those who have nothing can share nothing. Those who are going nowhere have no fellow travelers. And y'all, y'all, that section was just like, that section made a lot of sense to me because for a long time I mean I don't know if everyone's been through it but for a long time there was a there was a, there was a part of my life where I was just like why can't I make any friends I just really want friends and that was my focus and I was trying so hard to fit myself in places that I wasn't meant to be in and stuff like that so it might even be a similar situation in relationships because I feel like a lot of people say in their stories of finding love that you know they, they they were looking for love and they were looking for love and it was only when they decided to focus on themselves and not look for the person or not look for the one that that's when they found it. Similarly for me it was when I decided I wasn't going to, you know, really actively search for friends that my friends actually arose when I stopped trying so hard. That's when it happened and I think this is a good way of explaining why that is. It's it's a a lot of times relationships are formed through something outside of ourselves. We bond over activities. We bond over topics, beliefs, values. Those are, what are like, those are what are truly important. And so if you're just you know going about something as, "Oh my gosh, like I want to make a friend, then, then a lot of the time you've already missed it, right? Um, I thought I would just share that. I thought that was beautiful. And you know what? I think I'm gonna wrap this up soon. But there's just one last part that I really want to talk about. And it's the sort of humility that you get in your friendships. Um, This appreciative love that C.S. Lewis talks about. I think apart from, you know, the the, the part where he talked about death and how you lose parts of of a friend when another friend leaves. um, I think this is probably my favorite part other than that part. And um, he says... He talks about the freedom of friendship. He says that, Hence, the exquisite arbitrariness and irresponsibility of this love. I have no duty to be anyone's friend, and no man in the world has a duty to be mine. No claims and no shadow of necessity. Friendship is unnecessary, like philosophy, like art, like the universe itself, for God did not need to create. It has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things which give value to survival. Friendship is is a choice, and I feel like free love is the best kind of love, which is why God does not force us to love Him, because it's like God does not need us, but He wants us to love Him, and isn't that so much more of a beautiful love when somebody chooses you not out of necessity but out of pure choice and desire? You know, Um I remember talking to my friend Oyenda about this and I said that, you know, there's something scary about knowing that somebody in your life, your loved one, your spouse, um, your friend doesn't need you because there's a sort of security that comes with knowing that you are needed, right? In a way, it makes you feel like you are secure and you are in place, but there's also something sad about it because you wonder, if ever you don't need me anymore, will you still love me, right? And so, the most beautiful kind of loves, I think, in my opinion, are the ones that are free. The ones where you make a choice and you say, I could live without you, but I don't want to, right? And that's exactly what he's talking about. He's like, what, what freedom and irresponsibility that this love gives you? Like, you don't need to be friends and yet you choose to be friends and how deep of a love is that in itself? And he goes on to say... And this is gonna be my last quote, I promise. But one knows nobody so well as one's fellow. Every step of the common journey tests his mettle and the tests are tests we fully understand because we are undergoing them ourselves. Hence, as he rings true time after time, our reliance, our respect and our admiration blossom into an appreciative love of singularly robust and well-informed kind. If at the outset, we had attended more to him and less the thing of our friendship that it's about, we should not have come to know or love him so well. You will not find the warrior, the poet, the philosopher, or the Christian by staring in his eyes as if he were your mistress. Better to fight beside him, read with him, argue with him, pray with him, In a perfect friendship, this appreciative love is, I think, often so great and so firmly based that each member of the circle feels in his secret heart, humbled before all the rest. Sometimes he wonders what he's doing there among his betters. He's lucky beyond desert to be in such company, especially when the whole group is together, each bringing out all that is best, wisest, or funniest in all the others. (sighs) And I feel like that's exactly how I feel about my friendships right now is I am so humbled to be surrounded by people that are just so amazing and that I get to learn from and that I get to grow with and that I get to freely choose and who freely choose me in return people that you know i feel are so amazing and and they're going to do such amazing and great things and could do such amazing and great things on their own and yet they allow me to be a part of that journey and they bring out parts of me and encourage me and make me grow in ways that i never would have otherwise and you know this particular line about if at the outset we had attended more to him and less to the thing that our friendship is about we should not have come to know or love him so well it just reminds me of when people say, I actually don't know how we became friends, but we just did. Or how people say, like, I actually don't remember, like, like when did we, you know, choose each other? And I feel like that's because a lot of the time you just do things together or you just be in each other's presence. And after a while, it's like you, you didn't know that you were taking tally. You didn't know that you were registering it. But you know every action that that they took that that, that you admired or every action that you know they they took that proved that they were reliable or that that made them more and more of a person in your eyes that you would want you know to have in your life it's those little things that add up over time that make you go oh my gosh one day like you look at each other and you realize we're we're close like we're friends it even happens in relationships where you know one day you're not even rating somebody And then the next day you wake up and you realize it from little consistent actions every single day, little inputs, little deposits into the relationship. They finally paid off and they compounded and you wake up and you're like, oh, my gosh, is this the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with? It's not magic. It's just the principle. Right. And um, I just feel like this was kind of all over the place but I hope that I was able to convey just how dope I feel like this book is I feel like it taught me so much about friendship and there's still much to learn I haven't even finished the section but it's just this thing of if there's anything that I want you guys to take away from this it's one if you're interested definitely grab this book I grabbed it at the BMV the BMV is, um, it stands for books, music, and videos, I believe, and it's like uh, a used bookstore slash, um, like, some sometimes they have, like, books that are, that are new, but they get them from wholesalers, and they sell them at a cheaper price, and so I was able to get this book for pretty cheap, I believe it was like eight bucks, nine bucks, but it was a really, it's, it's a really good book, and Uh, this is the year that I really want to read I might even do a couple more of these episodes for for other books or for other sections even in the same book I just want to share because I feel like reading is so important I feel like reading is how we learn it's how we grow it's how you know we're able to take in thoughts and I lost my I lost my love for reading for a while but I'm so happy that I'm, I'm getting to fall in love with books again I'm getting to rediscover that relationship once more and um I hope that you guys do too. You don't have to do anything crazy, you don't gotta do the whole hundred books a year challenge, but just start with one. Even if you read one book this year, I know that sometimes school ruins the the knack for reading or or the desire to read because of all the readings and the forced textbooks that you kind of have to parse through. But when you realize that you can just go out there and there's so many books. Um, that you can freely pick and freely choose and, and the topic can be something of your interest, then hopefully you can begin to to build um, your own desire for reading and your own relationship with books. I highly, highly encourage everyone to take the time this year to read a little bit more and i hope that you guys enjoyed my little breakdown or my little um look at the four loves by c.s lewis i might do the other loves if i ever get around to reading them or i might just move on and talk a little bit about me or christianity if i get the chance but i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i love you guys so so much take the time to tell the people around you that you love them take the time to write down all the things that you are grateful for this year i know that it wasn't the best year for everyone and that like there was a lot of things that went wrong and there was a whole pandemic and stuff like that but there's still stuff to be grateful for i mean if you're listening to this podcast right now that means you're alive and that means something and that's worth something so please 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 take care of yourselves stay warm happy new year again happy holidays and i'll see you guys next week love you